0: Welcome back to another edition of Sound the Sirens. I'm your host, Thomas Ornis, and today I am joined with my father, Craig Ornis. Had to bring me out for the old school Cyclone knowledge. And uh, we're interviewing, the interview today was with former Iowa State football star, Ryan Harclaw, who played in 96 to 2000. He went through the evolution of the McCarney era. He came through the, went from winning one game as a freshman to Went 9-3 with the inside bowl with Sage and J.J. Moses. and Yeah, he saw the whole metamorphosis of going from one win to nine on
1: a bowl win, which is and a two-time captain, broke his foot twice. Very, uh, very very good guy. We are lucky to have him, and he is a big part of these uh, players' lives right now with the mentor program, and he's just uh, not going to fire find a higher quality human being than Ryan. He's a good
0: guy. And he's also from Humboldt, grew up in Humboldt just like I did, and yeah, I think he has really enjoyed this one. He's taken over for Ben Bruns, who really did a great job, and I think he'll be a, Ryan will be a great fit, and that being said, let's get to the interview. Down court, off the glass, good,
2: but something special is in the air here, long. old hall over the right side in touchdown cyclones wow, to half the, to the left side, to the five, touchdown oh my god a shot, my
1: oh yeah i think you're right i mean i i the big 12 thing is you know twitter is just it's a cesspool anyway but everybody is just guessing so much now with with where it's gonna
2: go that, you know, yeah, just, you
1: can go down a rabbit
2: hole pretty fast. Really fast. Like today is not tomorrow, right? And tomorrow right. is a, a, like another year from now in that whole what's going on right, right. now. I, there, there will be a rumor it won't break this one. right? You know, they, I mean, it will be, this will get out when it's done, not when it's being rumored. I think right. if anything, they're gonna wanna be distracting people like here's something, hey, here's something, everyone's <laughs> going here, everyone's going there. And it, what happens is they just feed on that. and No one's going to know until it's done. I don't believe this something's going to leak.
1: And I think the less we hear from Jamie, the better it is. The, he's so good at radio silence. Yeah, that I think the less we hear from him, that means it's probably going to be – we're going to be all right. So. I mean, he's
0: shown that so many times. Like when TJ was hired, he said nothing for a couple of weeks. And when Fred was hired, he like went up and had a meet, secret meeting and then like a couple of days later he's like, yeah, Fred Harper's our coach. So I think it'll be like – with Jamie at the helm, I think we have a, one of the best ADs in the country. So, like, having an AD that knows how to sell it, especially since he's been out of state for a long time, if Jamie was, like, just, like, I can't imagine being an AD and, like, like, I don't know if Texas Tech has a new AD, but, like, this is your first year and you're trying to sell a school that on the, you just showed up to, I feel like that would be pretty difficult. And I think having Jamie be literally build out of state the way it is and we'll no better person to sell out of state than him.
2: No, for sure. Like you, th- This is, for a Cyclone fan, you're down by 14 at half. Yeah. And that, what coach do you want in that halftime as a fan right. before working for you? Ja- Jamie's the, gr- the... He might want to be just a little closer. I, mean, yeah.
1: I, a little, I don't know if I'm not hearing it right, Thomas, or
2: what. So you don't... There we go. You want Jamie at halftime, where we're at as, as, as a school, you want Jamie to be in there negotiating for you that's the person right. you want like there's no there's no one else in the nation that you'd want on your side than, than that guy who's done a better job you know leading us through uh 2020 right, right? through COVID I think he yeah. led not only the big 12 or just Iowa State he led the nation and how you respond to something like that through adversity this is another in his eyes a piece of adversity to Cyclone fans scary and a piece of adversity it's just <laughs> change change is scary to a lot of people I'm comfortable because I know Jamie Pollard's in charge Right. Like he has taken us to a place. Everything he has done has taken us forward. Right. So no matter where we go, whatever he says that day when it gets announced, everyone should be comfortable at that point because you know who's not working for your side. Because yeah. whatever, he's going to have options, obviously, or whatever, whatever options he's going to play out, he will do its best for Iowa State because that's all he's ever done. Right. We have no other reason to believe anything, but we will get the best. And whatever best option is, because he's in there working for us.
1: And I think his national connections. I mean, you know, Gene Smith, Ohio State's AD, former Iowa State AD, hired Tim Floyd. Um, you know, him with his Wisconsin ties, his West Coast ties. Because isn't the Oregon AD like his really yeah. good friend yeah. or something? So I mean, I'm I'm no I'm I think it's you know the change is probably what everybody's having problem with because things are going pretty well for us right now. And it's like t- when we interviewed Todd Blythe being an Iowa state fan, you never think you can have nice things. Mm-hmm. And now we're heading into a phenomenal year and we're
0: dealing with this crap. So yeah, there's like so many things like usually back in the day, like Gene Chizik left for Auburn, like, but Campbell had so many options to leave and like Jamie had like Nebraska was interested in Jamie. Like back then he would have been left Iowa state, but now we have a top five co- coach in America and like the best AD in America. I think. Like panic is, I panic. I, I go like sousued. Oh, yeah. he's that. on the roller coaster, man. I mean, it yeah.
1: is. Just <laughs> every day I talk to him. Up down, up down. But these yeah. guys aren't going anywhere. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm not I'm not in charge. Let's just put it that. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we are too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad Jamie's in charge. Right.
0: Just like someone who could be even keeled, not like overly emotional. It t- t- stuff like this takes time, and Texas and Oklahoma kind of sped up the process on us, but I think it'll be fine.
2: Yeah, it was inevitable right they knew change was going to come down the yeah. pipe and how long can it have lasted the way it was going anyway right i think yeah. everyone was like blindly feeling comfortable the reason it was comfortable is because it wasn't change right right it wasn't mean everything was was obviously uh, uh beautiful everywhere we knew that 10 years ago when this all went down the last time it wasn't it was it was kind of one of those things where it wasn't on everyone's mind every single day yeah so it kind of just went away like right. but it never went away you know right. the change is happening you know, anytime we start with the new, what the, the players can do to now, you know, make on the likeness of themselves and the money that they can make now, that changed everything and took it a step forward. Yeah. You know, that changed the, the, um, you know, the whole landscape of what the NCAA is and what a player can do. Yeah. And, and I think it's, that had something to do with this, obviously, as well. So people knowing that that's going to play in the future, they're trying to, you can't be a leader and plan for tomorrow. You need to be a leader and plan for 10 years from now. So we have the right people leading us, thinking out further than what is the best move for us tomorrow. Well, that might be one, but it may not be for 10 years from now. And I think that's why I'm extremely comfortable with what's going on there. We have the right people for Iowa State to take us forward to wherever that is. I don't, I was like everyone else change Like it's stressful at first and you take a step back, like, there's been a lot of change, and when have we ever come out of that with Jamie where we've gone backwards? Yeah, that's true. Well, I haven't had that happen no. since I've been here, since I've been around, and and uh, so I, I I'm very comfortable with where we're going. It's just we are changing. We can have nice things. I, I want <laughs> right. to, you know, this year when I'm on the radio, I want Iowa State fans to understand we have nice things. Yeah, that's what we we 20 years ago or 25 years ago when I got to Iowa State that was our goal. Like we want nice things. You know, we started you know lifting weights on a gym floor that was cement and it was the state gym and it was a So you you were training when you were when you started there you were training at state gym? We were staying at oh state gym. Oh my god. In the basement? In the basement. Really? Yeah. I've and been then,
1: in that been the, when I was in school I
2: went there before. I mean. Yeah, and you you would con- we were conditioning on the on the basketball floor in there and then sometimes you'd run outside and go on the, the, the old football field obviously. Wow. Is when the Jacobson building was being built. Okay. And so the Jacobson building at that time was beautiful. Coach McCarney brought Nice things to Iowa State. That right. was the next step. Now you walk into the facility that's brand new that all of you will see in the fall. It is beautiful. Yeah. That started 25 years ago. His vision was, Coach Mack's vision was 25 years ahead of where we were that day. Yeah. And that's what's been great about Iowa State. We've had people that have had visions that are past today. They're not trying to get, win four games and then go to Auburn. We had yeah. that happen and, yeah. and it makes it, it, it sets a program backwards. You know, Coach Campbell hasn't ran his program like how can i win to get to the detroit lions right that came out this year he's not winning to get to somewhere he's there because he's thinking 20 years of where we're at today and that's what great leaders do right that's what's thank god for him because he puts us on the map as well who doesn't want to have iowa state football in their conversation right now recruits do you know, the, the conferences probably do. The other Big 12 schools do. You've started becoming a foundation in the conference yeah. of a school with what he's done in the football.
0: If you okay. just, just go back and listen to his press conference, he's literally just followed exactly what he – how many coaches – like, opening press conferences is usually like a puff piece. But Campbell's literally followed everything he said that he was going to do, and we're still on the track. Texas and Oklahoma can't ruin that for us. I think this, this year we're going to go out and – even with even more chip on our shoulder because of the last couple of weeks, I think.
2: Right. So you, you think about what he's put together with this recruiting class of 2022. Yeah. Right. And that class <laughs> is built for five years from now. Right. right? That, those players aren't going to be significant uh, across you know, the, the whole playing field for at least two to three years. Mm-hmm. Right. He's already, he has a great senior class. And it, to win at Iowa State, the, the model was, especially for us, was to, when we won nine games, we had to have a great senior class. Last year, they won nine games. They have a great senior class. We're lucky. We're going to get... You get two years of that leadership of that juniors and seniors that get to use another year of eligibility. That's how you win at Iowa State is you develop your players that are one star, two stars. Well, now we're getting three stars, yeah. obviously. I can't imagine what those kids are going to become for themselves. But you come and you develop these players, and then they become seniors, and then they teach the juniors how to be great, and you teach the sophomores how to do things, and then the freshmen how to do things. And then you... That's the culture that he's created there. Yeah. It's like I'm going to build this senior class that's going to be great. They're going to be my leaders. It's peer leadership. I don't have to be the disciplinarian. I'm going to have a senior that does it. And that started two or three years ago with Lazard's class. I mean, that's Campbell or not Campbell? Uh, Montgomery. Montgomery I mean, yeah. yeah. He showed up at the facility with no one there. Right. That's culture. A coach saying, "Hey, show up at nine o'clock. We have a meeting." That's not culture. That's 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 someone helping you understand what it takes to be successful. Culture is. It's a it's a peer-led leadership group. It's the players leading each other. And he understands that as well as anybody, and I think that's why he's landing these recruits that he is. If you look at these kids that are coming in and you're watching some of their film, these are next-level players. Oh, you seen the
1: deadlift kid? Who was the kid that uh, just deadlifted
2: like 6'10 or something yes. like that?
0: Yeah, it's a kid from Iowa. That, uh, it's it's kid, from the Council Bluffs? Kid,
1: Council
2: Bluffs. Yeah. picked yeah.
0: us over Iowa, which was a whole controversy after that. Iowa fans were pretty mean to him, which he – just, and then after they just like talking about how Iowa State's the new team in Iowa, like the cool team in town or whatever, and it's like that that dude's gonna be a dude.
1: Gonna, I hope they talk crap about him on Twitter because that's just gonna fire him up even more. I
0: mean, yeah, talk. Good. They talk crap to a 16 year old who's deadlifting however I'm oh, like, he's Holy crap, semi. Yeah. yeah, he is.
2: The, the interesting thing: the two kids they picked up earlier in that week were two defensive ends yeah. out of Florida. Yeah, those players are just as special. They're just not talked about because they're not.
0: all around here yeah they're not here they're
2: not rivalry recruits yeah they just recruited their starting defensive line basically in one week yeah that you know how hard that is to do like to pick guys up that you have a really good chance are probably going to be starters at some point in their career and you did it in one week you picked up your starters that are probably going to be two to three seasons long of starters that is what's special like he is picking players up that you know are not hey we got to develop them into something these kids are they're, they're legit football players They're going to have to get in line at Iowa State now because five, seven years ago, they're starters year one. Yeah. Now they got to work through the three deeps, the two deeps, and hopefully break into the starting lineup. But from what they look like on film, those are three starters. Especially,
0: I don't remember, like, David Irving. Like, he was just, like, a raw guy, just thrown to the wolves. Like, now Campbell can kind of be picky of, like, the personality. He has to fit the culture. We don't have to, like, reach like we used to, which is, like – a thing that I never thought was ever going to happen. And, like, it's just it's weird to see, like, we're replacing Jaquan Bailey with the guy who led the nation sacks, one McDonald. And going for, and, like, Dave Montgomery to Brees Hall. Like, when me and Michael are, like, very dramatic Iowa State fans. <laughs> and, like, you know, like, when you see players that are, like, so fun to watch, so special, go to the NFL and, like, it took us. We were Iowa State fans for how long? And it took us to get NFL running back and then. The next one is sixth in the Heisman as a true sophomore, and man, I just it's just like still new culture, like for me to like go to Iowa State games like expecting to win, like that was never a thing growing up, and has Campbell building that. It's just awesome. That's all I can sum it up as. Like when you like walk into Iowa State, walking your first day at Iowa State, compared to like. When you walk in for your first job against you and i like look at jack trice how different things are the performance facility
1: or the locker room i mean yeah. there's, there's a couple of kids that have a vlog that yeah. we've kind of connected with a little bit and they, they took them through the locker room i said oh my god i mean this place is unbelievable yeah it's
2: next level yeah. right yeah. And it's it is thinking a forward it's 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 forward product like you have to invest in that you had good facilities before but they're thinking yeah. further ahead when they're at today and so winning will bring um, you know, more investment in the program. And Jamie is a big part of that too, right? You have to fundraise. That doesn't... Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, money's not growing on trees. And that's why Coach Campbell has done an amazing job building the culture, but also building the culture with the fans where they feel part of it. Like, Coach Campbell makes all of us better. You, We all hear the speech, like, I gotta be the best version of myself. If you wake up in the morning, we have Cyclone fans. I like, gotta be great. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. he makes you better and you don't even know the human being. You know, you don't get to hang out with the guy every yeah. day. He makes business leaders better he makes business owners better he makes kids and students better he makes he makes and he makes cyclone nation better because of what he is and how he is right and that is the impact that that guy's had now the 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 uh physical things the buildings and the the facility and the stadium you you know when i played the uh the end zone wasn't there you know i remember coming there's a picture of me and the captains coming down my junior year for a game and it's shooting towards the south end zone. And it's, it's a, a high school bleacher sitting down there, basically, yep. right? Yeah. The, yep. the temporary bleachers. And you, no cycling fan can imagine that. Can but, you, have you ever seen the, the aerial picture of, the,
1: of Jack Trice in the 70s? Oh, yeah. When it was first built, and there's nothing around it. It's right. like Oklahoma in 1843 or whatever, and there's absolutely nothing around it. So,
2: yeah, it's changed a ton just in the last 20 years. It has. Well, will think we're, we're going you right. know, Jamie's got a plan for the north parking lot, obviously that will change forever. That's, that's
0: a game changer, especially for before basketball games where we can hang out like at restaurant area. That be that's gonna be sick. It
2: will be, and it's it, that's the leadership side. What yeah. kind of revenue does right. that bring into the athletic department? Right into you, the town, into yeah. the town, yeah. into everything that they do. And, and and we are watching, probably we are watching great leadership, and then actually two leaders work together to build something phenomenal. And they neither of them can can step over top of each other because it doesn't work. They're working together. Yeah. And Jamie understands what he needs to do to continue to grow. Coach Campbell is what he is. He understands what he needs to continue to, to grow. And they are putting us in a place where when turmoil happens, where we're sitting today, you're sitting in a good chair. right? And that's why as a Cyclone fan, you got to be comfortable. You have the great, one of the both athletic director and football coach, which is the big part of this realignment. They're top five in the nation. So if you feel like you're down 14 and a half and you're the Cyclones, you've got the two best people in the locker room firing people up to come back out on our side and, and see what we have coming back, right? right? You don't need to panic. You have the greatest leaders that we've ever had working for us right now. And that's, that's reassuring for me. It should be reassuring for everybody else. We will be in a good place when we come out of this. Right. So, to, you know, going back to
1: your state gym story. So it's in his lifetime. We've gone from you going in as a freshman at Iowa State, lifting weights, and if you're an Iowa State alum and you've been in the basement of State Gym, you know what we're talking about. Before they renovated it, um, that that angled track that was down there that you could run on, that the track team was that the track team was was training on. So we've gone from that to our weight facility today in twenty three years. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. It I mean, is so talk about you know from the time you were you were kind of at a in the middle of a metamorphosis Iowa State football, too. You went in in 97, came out with the best season, the best most wins in school history in 2000. Talk about that journey a little bit about, you know, being able – you talk about leadership. It took a lot of leadership from you guys to be able to hang in there with, you know, going from three wins your junior year to nine wins your last year and captain, broken foot, feet, and all of this kind of stuff. You know, tell us a little bit about – I know you don't want to talk about yourself, but a little bit about your journey because there's a lot of old Iowa State fans out there like me that want to hear, you know, kind of some of the backstories about it.
2: Yeah, I can tell you a lot of backstories. It, it, it's it, We won one game my freshman year. We won one football game my freshman year. It was against Baylor, and we thought we won the Super Bowl when that game got over, right? <laughs> you put all this work in. We redshirted. You play your first year, and you're, you win one game. That was the first win of my career. And I'll never forget that season. The first game I ever started was my freshman year. That outside linebacker against University of Iowa second week, we've got housed. We got housed <laughs> by Iowa. I mean, they took it to us, and that chain, that game, forever changed my perspective of winning. And it wasn't. It, 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 it's we deserve to get housed to how we played and how we prepared and how we approached a game and what we thought of ourselves walking into a game. And do we deserve nice things? At that point, we didn't think we deserved nice nice things, right? You just like, oh, we. we We'll try hard. You know, I learned more from that loss. There's about four losses throughout this whole thing that that I could name that that I learned a lot from. That is the number one loss in my career that I'll remember forever that I think turned the tide the next year where we broke the 15-year streak in Iowa City. And it was because of that loss that we won the game the next year. And I think what, to summarize those four years, and I'll tell you a few good stories along the way, but what we learned is how to win. And... There is such a thing. People say you got to learn how to win. You have to. It is a thing, and and it's the greatest thing that I've taken from football. Um, it's the greatest thing I've co- I've taken from Coach McCarney. I mean, my son's name is Mac, and, and it's because he's taught me in life like how to win. It doesn't just on a football field. It's the it's the things and it's the little things you do. It's the Tuesday in May. It's the 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 August day when no one else is around. It's not the day you show up to compete on that Saturday against Iowa because if you think you're going to be great on that day, you're done. And that's what we tried to do my, our freshman year. Like we have a great recruiting class. You have Darren Davis coming in. He's in my class. We've got uh, Dustin Navy, uh, who's arguably one of the best athletes to come out of high school in Iowa at one point at that time. I think he still has a 400 hurdles uh, state record at like 50 seconds or sub 50. Wow. It, was a, it was a phenomenal time. And you have a bunch of Iowa kids, Midwest kids that come in. And they were good at their high schools, but we didn't know how to win at the Big 12 level. It wasn't there when we got there. We knew that. We knew we had a job to do. But we thought you could show up on Saturday like, okay, here we are. We're, I felt like we had a better recruiting class to Iowa State that year, the '96 year when we went to Iowa State as a, as a class. I felt like that was a better class than the class that Iowa got at that time. I, thought, I felt like the next year's class was better than Iowa got. And so we were winning classes, but we were going into the game, and you, we were showing up that day to win. And we weren't showing up that day in May to win. And I think that that's the greatest thing I took from those four years is when we got housed by Iowa, everything changed in my mindset. And I realized, like, we are not even close to what we think is winning is all about. So we got a lot closer the next year. You know, when you look at our, our sophomore year, I, that was a rough year. I broke my foot twice uh, that How do you year. break
1: your foot twice in the same football f-
2: Season. Well, I broke it once, and I think I played with it broke, but it broke a little more, and the screw in my foot was broke bent, and so that was the end of that season. Jeez. But yeah, I broke it against Iowa. Uh, um, actually, that was my junior, my sophomore year. It was my junior. year, I broke it twice, and that's where we. I think we were really close. We won four games that year.
1: But you had a bunch of them that were like one score away,
2: right? I mean, Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's that team. That junior year team was as good as our senior team. The, the 2000 team that won nine and three. The junior year team. Went four and seven, and I, in my opinion, was just as talented as a nine and three. But
1: you hadn't learned to win yet because you win.
2: were, you know, I read some
1: of the score, 21-24, you know, a touchdown here, a touchdown there, which is, a, is the difference between four wins and
2: nine wins. It is. And it's winning the close games when you get there. How do you win the close games when you get there, right? And that's, you know, I'll never forget the game against Texas where, you know, they're, they're going towards the south end zone, and – they need a field goal to win i i slide through the ball tips my fingers but goes through the uprights <laughs> if i'm a quarter inch or a half inch or an inch a little higher with my hand i hit it i hit the ball if i block that it's game over we win the game that's how that's how close winning is at yeah. that level right uh-huh. and that's when we started to feel like oh, we got this you know we dropped an interception at oklahoma our sophomore year um so that would have been in 1998 uh, we were now in a great year and we drop an interception and they hit a home run later in the game they beat us and we would have won the game without that one play that one interception and that's a big difference
1: well unfortunately ryan you're not going to want to hear this but you were a you were a part of me teaching a team to win mm-hmm. so when you were in high school i coached against you when you were a sophomore and you were a terrific basketball player mm-hmm. but i was coaching a team that had never won ever we were, had one win the year before we had two wins the next year the third year We have 13, and we beat Humboldt your sophomore year, and they were ready to name a flipping street after me because it was such a big deal. But I know for a fact, you know, when you talk about teaching somebody to win, it is hard because when you are used to losing, and this is what Iowa State fans, in my opinion, are kind of going through. When we get in the fourth quarter now and we're down 14 points or whatever, us old Iowa State fans remember the old days where the wheels might come off. And then now we're kind of getting reprogrammed, says, no, they're not going to come off. We're going to figure out a way to win this because that's the culture. So these kids now don't remember 1989 or anything like that. I mean, so they their frame of reference is totally different than mine. So, you know, I, you're preaching to the choir when you say teaching somebody to win is hard. And that's why I think going from your junior year to winning nine games and winning the insight.com bowl and all that was a monumental part of the success we're having today. Cause we've seen, we, we had a glimpse of what it could be like.
2: We can get there. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that even this class, like when you look at who's there right now, these seniors, where I thought that that this class, every class is going to have that moment where I think that they get over that hump. From my perspective, when that Notre Dame game at the camping world uh, was that game where I think that was their moment where they, they learned a lot from an experience that maybe didn't go the way they thought it was. If someone wants to go watch that game, you go watch that game. They're like five plays away, six plays away from that thing being tight and close and within a score. And they, and Notre Dame had, if you look at the draft, they had had some some dudes. dudes. Claypool. Claypool is unbelievable. Right. And he, he beat us up a little bit. You know what? The good thing is, is we lined up again, against them. And we, and it kind of shocked us at first and you, did, you just didn't know how to respond to it, but the guys kept playing the entire game, and that was the coolest thing about that. Yeah. We were, we, they were beating us up pretty good after we had some unfortunate plays, but we were six plays away from being in that game. We don't fumble that football. We're fine. We, don't, we made a lot of mistakes early on that we'd never make, and then they hit a couple of plays, and once momentum happens against you here on the wrong side of the momentum, you're in trouble. Like, and that's just kind of what happens, but that team... Went toe to toe with a you know, BCS team at that time. So now you're walking into a season they've been to the stage, right? They've yeah. sat at the table. Yeah. They understand what they understood and have seen it what it takes to get to that level. I unfortunately only got to do that my senior year and have nine and three. And then what I wouldn't have given to
0: have everyone come back and go, let's go do this again. Because mm-hmm. here's some things I learned. Especially if the, the COVID happened back then, you'd have one more extra year like coming back. That's what Eisworth has. It's what a bunch of seniors that. Could be pros, maybe, but they come back get their degrees, and it's it's weird how like that group, like you said, went to Notre Dame, played against Notre Dame, and like so many times we've been close to Oklahoma, like but me growing up, I never thought we'd ever because like we would just get murdered by Oklahoma, and then like the last three or four years we've been like one possession away, and it'll be interesting seeing what happened this year.
2: Yes going to be a great game this year i mean yeah. i'm excited i cannot wait for that game it's yeah gonna, it's going to be a a good game but i can't wait for you and i like right you know what I mean? yeah like, i oh, can't wait for the tailgate there. part yeah exactly I mean, I mean turn this thing back on again
1: yeah i mean i i just said you know i i said to keep this off of the explicit thing with podcast. this is going to be a manure show at the tailgate lot because it's going to be like a big family reunion You have a bunch of people that have used to tailgate. I mean, I've got a buddy that has an LLC for his tailgate that has had it for 25, 30 years, and they didn't get to do it last year. Right. And so that parking lot, you better get there really early if you want to get a spot because I think it's just going to be be a lot of fun, but it could be a potential mess too. It could be. (laughs)
2: But remember what got Coach Campbell to that. Right, right. That parking lot and that experience brought Coach Campbell to Iowa State, Yep, the fan base. If you remember his trip to, from Toledo to yeah, town, yeah, yeah. Like, right. like, like wait right. a minute, this is a really cool place. Yeah, and it moves. is. It's a no- The tailgating
1: atmosphere at Iowa State is, you know, I've heard people compare it to Arrowhead with the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, just because of the layout is easy to get in and out of, there's plenty of parking, you're not in the middle of town, you know, I think that's got a lot to do with it too, the geography of it.
2: Absolutely. It's a great setup
1: for us. Yeah.
0: what like building the stadium back then, do you think they even thought of that? Like the tailgating no. experience? No, it was if you just like a... the old
1: pictures of it, it is because it, they had the land.
0: Yeah, it was just a oh, – And yeah. the other
1: place didn't have – what did that – what the old stadium hold? 16,000 people? I mean, it was really small. And did you know that the the old bleachers to that, or the Dayton Rodeo? Are they really? That's where they went. They bought them. <laughs> and the, anyway, so that's another story. But I, I remember really. when I was little, my parents had season tickets in Hilton when it was built. And I'd go to Iowa State games from the time I was like seven years old. And I remember driving by the old stadium, but my dad was a farmer, so we never went right. to football games. But, yeah, it is it's really kind mean, of – now I saw a picture just today of the north end zone and how that's changing. I mean, yeah, yeah. so
2: – I can't wait for everyone to see it. It is beautiful. Yeah. I, was, I mean, I've had the chance to be there and see it in the facility and everything with it. It is, it is beautiful. You so, can now walk around the entire outside of that stadium inside, wow. this, inside the stadium. It's it's a great atmosphere. So
1: but getting back to your days, you played in the J.J. Moses returning the open kickoff game against Iowa, right?
2: Yeah, reverse. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, was, I wasn't there yet. I had to park at Iowa City West okay. to get there, and I was still walking. And I heard the crowd go crazy. And then we walk in at 7 to nothing, and, of course, we missed that play. But what was
2: that game like? I mean, that was the, kind of the thing that got us a lot of momentum heading into the nine wins. It did. And, and the, the, the interesting thing about that play, everybody on the sideline knew what play was coming. So prior to the game, we knew what our first play was going to be called in that game, and it was JJ reverse. And uh, we had some things on film that we, that the coaches had seen and said, "Hey, this is going to be perfect." Mm-hmm. But again, making special plays like that—that's not. Hey, he just walked into the end zone. He made an amazing cutback at the end of that run. Right, he ducked under him. somebody because yeah. he
1: was. You know, how tall was JJ? He
2: he. he <laughs> I hope JJ's is now watching five, two. I don't know. No, he's a he, little guy. He's yeah. probably five, six, but he's yeah. probably five, eight. Uh, I'm guessing obviously five, probably five, eight. If you, you know. watch the highlight,
1: of that he ducks, a guy kind of goes over him and he kind of ducks under him to go in the end zone. Yeah. That was a cool play.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was such a great person for our team that JJ Moses was a huge inspiration to our football team and a leader for our football team because mm-hmm. of the energy he brought to practice and the energy he brought to the games and the bus mm-hmm. and the travel and his, uh, just his spirit, right? Yeah. Is this something special? And he's right. still doing it for the Houston Texans. There's a reason he's still around football because the Texans are "Hey, you, you, you were good for us, but you know, you, we don't want you to go anywhere. You're an amazing individual. We want you around our program. Like that's the kind of guy JJ Moses is. Hmm. And it's just cool to see him still around football because anyone would take him. They'd want him around his players. That's what JJ Moses was. Just a an amazing athlete, but he's even a better leader of people and a person yeah. to be around to help.
0: Yeah, I, I've been doing, like, a play every day since, like, 170 days, counting down to the season, and I had to go back and search for videos for, like, the upper hundreds. And J.J. Moses, I didn't I hadn't seen any highlights of him, and he is good. He was good.
2: He was really good. He was special. He, if J.J. Moses is five inches taller, right. and, you know, I don't know. We're all going to Canton to celebrate him. You sure. know, that's what kind of athlete he was. Yeah. He just, unfortunately, was five foot eight, and, and – And that's what made him him, so it's not unfortunate, but it's just he was a special, special talent that we had. Sure.
0: And, like, probably, as you said, like, him and David probably have very similar, like, character thing because, like, David was, like, a driver force of the culture with along with Campbell, and it kind of sounds very similar to what David did at Iowa State. But
2: It is very – yeah, I think you're right. That's a good – they are very similar. I and never looked at it that way, but that's exactly what J.J. was yeah. to us as well.
0: And, like, you guys weren't on TV as much, so I don't right. have any highlights.
2: Yeah, it's, we, <laughs> it's funny. Some of the best Iowa State games, that you know, on a 9-3 and three team, no one no one ever saw. I, I think that, in my opinion, if, if someone said a 9-3, and three, go watch a game that would define our football team, there's two games. And one was at Oklahoma State where Lane Danielson's a freshman and, and yeah. catches a slam across the middle. Yep. People right. have seen that play. Watch the – if you have a, if it's on film somewhere, that is a game, that if you watch front to back, that was an amazing football game. And the other one – and we were down in that football game. We had to come from behind to win. Um, it was a tough environment. It was a, it was a great football game. So you talk about some of the losses and learning how to win. We had gotten beat the week before by Nebraska. And we were beating Nebraska the week before. And Nebraska at that time with Eric Crouch. It's like
0: Alabama. Alabama back they, they were the Alabama yeah, right. at the
2: time. And we, yeah. should, we had them. We, we had them on the ropes and again it's one of those it's that's the note that was our notre dame game we ha- like we we uh, you know you get there and right. then you just don't get there and so mm-hmm. what happens the next week we get into a tough spot at, at stillwater at oklahoma state and what happens lane danielson a freshman cuts across the middle and sage to sage and hits him on in stride and yeah. we score and win the win the game then we go to boulder and we're down 14 and a half so
1: that's was that in snow?
2: In snow. Yes, I remember that one. Oh, it was miserable. I mean, I started my hand warmer on fire on the sideline. It was a disaster of a game for weather. <laughs> but we we were down 14 and a half, and I, we walked out. It wasn't like, oh, let's go give it a good run. It's like, we're going to go win this football game. There wasn't – not one senior left that locker room thinking, let's get this close. It wasn't an, It wasn't even an option. And I'll go back to um, the game against uh, – nebraska earlier where we had them and we didn't finish we just didn't finish the game like we were almost oh wow we're excited we're in this thing we shouldn't be here colorado's like no we got this we're gonna win the football game and that was a amazing game too so that 2000 season that oklahoma state game and that colorado game those are two phenomenal football games to go watch i know you. Yeah, your time, but
0: uh, that's I why did. I'm here. I did find the video, like the highlight, the Pete Taylor highlights of the Oki State game, and like there was so much chippiness going on there that game. Like how many celebration? I looked every time we made a play, there was like a flag for celebration because we were just talking smack. Do you remember that at Absolutely. all? Absolutely,
2: yeah. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. it. But I was on defense, right? It was chippy, yeah. you know. And it's two teams. Oklahoma State at the time was very similar. I was trying to break through, you know, and we were breaking through. They're trying to break through, trying to do some great things, and uh, we. It was a very chippy game, and yeah. but we came out on top, and it was
0: one it of wasn't my favorite on TV, memories.
1: Was it? I don't believe so. I think.
0: There was, I think I remember listening yeah, to on no. the radio. No, it was. It was literally the Cyclones like the higher versions, only only reason why I even know about that because I think it was like one of the last touchdowns, and then like Pete like, "Oh, they better stop celebrating; they're gonna get flagged again." And then like Heff was like, "Oh, there it is."
2: Yep, uh, <laughs> we earned a few of them. There yeah. was no doubt, but it was to the point where that's where the game was going, and and some you know you don't want to be the team getting penalties, obviously, but you also yeah. have to step up to the intensity level that the game is, and that's that's where that game went, and that's what I say that game was a blast to play in. Yeah. And one that I think – it's one of those ones you wish every Iowa State fan was able to see because TV at the time was different. Yeah. You yeah. played national television two, three times a year. Right. You know, or even regional is like a big deal. And now every game's on yeah, TV. Yeah, like
0: just like because of COVID, now like middle school th- games are on TV. Just think of like the <laughs> – yeah.
1: like, Well LaCrosse. What was the thing that was on yesterday? The, the sign-spinning national championship was on ESPN last night. Yeah, Sign-spinning – and then there was a, the cherry pit spitting contest. And so we've okay. gone from that football game not being able to find a spot on television to watching people spin signs. I
0: right. think, yeah, like Max' last game and Jack Trice, I don't think it was on TV. Missouri even, one, Even that one.
2: I'll remember that forever. Were I cried from? walking out of the stadium, actually. it's emo- I mean, even now it's like emotional. Yeah.
0: Were you um, at that game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I remember right where I sat. Yeah. You know, hmm. I remember exactly where I sat. So my brother played. Uh, for Coach Mack and Coach Chizik yeah. as well at the time. But, um, like I said, my son's name is Mack for a reason. Yeah.
1: And I've known um, Mack since he was a third grader, and I've never made the connection. That's how dumb I am. I oh, can't really? believe that I never
2: – he spelled the same way in the whole bit. I mean, I can't believe I didn't – Yeah, he was special for Iowa State. Yeah. Like, he he was the original version or – like, the vision of where he, where, where we are today. He, he talked about this then. Yeah. He talked about this then. He talked about our senior year, and, and you know, as you're – thinking and preparing for games he goes think about 20 years from now when you come back to the college and you come back to Iowa State how do you want to be remembered they don't bring back three and nine teams (laughs) they bring back nine and three teams you know and that was our vision when we walked in that season we talked about that all the time how do you want to come back as a senior class because you get to come back they don't say hey this is the class from 97 to 2000 they said this is the class of 2000 right you're remembered as a class as you graduate and so that is what is exciting for me right now we have great leadership at the top for our team right now, we have we have great football players that have seen a lot of football action that have a goal not for themselves. You don't come back to Iowa State and pass the draft because it's about you. You come back to Iowa State to pass the draft because you want something greater for this university and greater for yourself. And yeah. that's what's cool about where we're at. As a and program. like
0: Campbell's recruiting players that don't remember when Iowa State was bad. That's how diff- That's how crazily Campbell's just shifted the fan is even thought process like we won the fiesta bowl for god's sakes like <laughs> when we were, like the, we went from then and like the, the last bowl we had was the liberty bowl with uh, alan Lazard flipping the helmet but before that was the 2009 austin nod it was on the nfl network remember that it was just crazy how much time's changed and yeah we're just gotta enjoy every second of it
1: so when you were Growing up as a Cyclone – did you grow up as a Cyclone fan? I did, a okay. Cyclone, yeah. So, because um, the late 70s was another really good time for Iowa State football with Errol Bruce and yep. Mike you know, uh, uh, Mike Stensrud and all those guys. And I know you're a mentor for our current players. Did any of those guys have any say – and were they involved in the program at all back then, any of the – Few NFL guys we had, or leaders that came back from, you know, Randall's. You know, been a real estate guy and Ames forever. He was part of that team, and um, there was uh, Bostick, I believe, it was a middle, was a middle linebacker. Mike Stensrud was from Lake Mills, played in those teams. Any of those guys were they involved with well, you guys?
2: Well, Stensrud was because his son Andy played. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yep, so he came back, and so we knew we were really introduced to that team because of Stensrud. Okay, and then that kind of interesting. You learned about Tom Randall and what he is, and he was a great he was a great football player. The problem is when you go up and down, like you know, Thomas, you don't remember when we were great nine and three, like that was a good football team. Yes, yeah, we were one year. I wish if that was our junior year, and you have one more shot at it, we be we're a really good football team. Yeah, you know, we have guys drafted, we have guys, multiple guys that retired. You have Reggie Hayward, who at one year I believe was the highest paid free agent in the NFL. You got James Reed, who played, uh, I believe, eight, seven to nine years in the NFL, is retired now. Uh, Sage Rosenfels, quarterback in the NFL, 10, 11 years. J.J. Moses, I go to camp. Every defensive lineman at, – at so we had – in our senior year, there were six of us that were in NFL camps. Wow. Starting four and the two guys behind. Jordan Carstens was a backup for Durande, us did he go too? Kevin Durande yeah. went to camp. So we were this close to being the next step of the 9-3. and three. Like yeah. You just didn't, The problem is, is then the next year we were good, the next year we were good, the next year – but the problem is it takes one. It takes one – like – winning is a habit but so is losing and it takes one year of losing and if it's followed up by another year of losing where people just get comfortable like comfortable with whatever the process was to that then that becomes your habit and that yeah. becomes your culture you know what i mean and that's the losing habits are easier than the winning habits and so if if you have that one bad year and then you go through a cycle of three to five to seven years of Trying to catch back up, Coach Rhodes came back here and actually saved the program at the time when he walked in here. If you remember, yeah. yeah, Coach Rhodes had saved the program. He had opportunities to go all over the place and coach and leave Iowa State. Yeah, that Coach Rhodes loved Iowa State and did everything he could. It got to a point where he got it to where he could get it to, and mm-hmm. we had to go in a different direction. Coach Rhodes saved Iowa State after Chiswick walks away, and sure, and he loved our team, our players, yeah. our fans, and brought the excitement back to the program. He's all over ESPN. If that higher if Jamie doesn't make that higher at that time where are we at today is correct yeah because remember what I said and what coach Campbell said he came here to play and he fell in love with Iowa State because of that stadium parking lot yeah. that parking lot and if you make the wrong hire in the wrong culture that experience doesn't happen and where are we I don't know where that's at sure so, so the reason we are today and why you haven't you know would have remembered because we took that dip we weren't mm-hmm. able to keep it going forward yeah with Campbell you, I feel very comfortable I think everybody should you look at this recruiting class coming in that's our, that's that's your enjoyment as a fan 3 years from now yeah you know enjoy today yeah. don't worry they'll develop they'll become senior someday right. and then the next class will become that group and then then the kids that are sophomores and and 8th graders now will remember this class because that culture they built uh-huh. and David Montgomery will be remembered forever because every it's going the program's going the right direction the problem with ours is it rose flattened out dipped a little bit and then we had to build it back up and here we go again. Yeah. And so it's, uh, uh, I love where we're going, but it, it just takes one year of losing to change habits. And, and as long as you can have consistent leadership, like we do, we'll be just
0: fine. How much will this year, like the COVID year, obviously was terrible for the athletic department and all that, but like having the extra year of like the guys that were like building up muscle and like we're usually thrown out on the wolves, but now they can be a little more patient. Do you think how much do you think that will be like good for Iowa State? Like pl- teams like Iowa State, where team players are usually leave early, but they usually come and stay and develop. Having one more extra year of that, how much do you think that will impact Iowa State like two years from now?
2: Big time, big. T- so there's two safeties at Iowa State that you don't even know who they are yet. You're going to know who they are. <laughs> yeah, and better used, than Ashim Young. Uh, there's two safeties that you're yeah, going to know who they are.
1: Ashim Young is Young is one of our favorites. I mean, we we were so. It was like somebody <laughs> shot our dog when
2: he got kicked out of the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the Big Twelve Championship game. Big Twelve, sorry, yeah. Big Twelve Championship game. Who,
2: and every, I think everyone loves him. What's yeah. exciting to me? So I go to spring practice, uh, you know, late spring. There actually was our last practice of the spring. I was ecstatic. And what I was ecstatic about is everyone knows about the guys. Sure. The good thing is, like Charlie, if it's possible, Charlie Kohler looks better. If it's possible, Mike Rose looks better. And what I mean by looks better, they're they're. They're developing, their bodies are developing. They look different. They yeah. look like they're they still growing as, as players and athletes. Like, they look bigger. Brees Hall looks yeah. bigger and better. But what excites me is these, I go to practice, and I, I talk to uh, Derek Hoogier, who's the recruiting coordinator. I sit yeah. by him a lot when I'm there, and I look at these two uh, safeties, like, who are those guys? Because <laughs> we don't have safeties that look like that. And they're not able to beat out our starting safeties. They're not there yet. But I'm gonna say if something happens or a machine comes in like a rocket like he always does, and we've got two dudes behind these guys that are ready to play football. Yeah, you know they don't look like what we used to have standing behind the the, no. the, the first team, and that's what's pretty awesome is the the first team is being pushed by the second team. The second team is being pushed now by the third team. Wow. When Campbell gets here, you have 22 guys that are comfortable. I don't know. Is there? six guys on the team comfortable with their starting spot right now seven i'm gonna tell you what the health of a program the less that are comfortable the, the better we sure. are you know you don't want them to walk into camp and say hey, here's our 22 you know because then you're pretty like leveled out it's going to be hard to beat charlie Kohler out Kohler of tight end position right now right like i'm pretty <laughs> confident that brock's yeah. going to be our starting quarterback yeah now hunter deckers you want to see him sling a football yeah I've, you know
0: i've heard really good things about hunter deckers
2: I am ecstatic to watch this kid play football more. And you watch him in practice, you watch how he prepares, but guess who may? He, he got a chance to watch Brock prepare. Mm-hmm. That's what Brock brings to the culture of Iowa State. You know what I mean? And so I'm as excited about this year as I am the following year. And the following year, it's like Cyclone fans quit being nervous about showing up this year. This isn't like oh, our one shot. No, there's, not a, there's some dudes here, and there's some dudes coming that yeah. make our three-deep and two-deep nervous – because they see this recruiting class coming in, like, I got to get better, Mm -hmm. right? So it's a, the game as a Cyclone fan has ever known it is completely different. It is not the same program that you know and have been scared of the last 10 years.
1: I said that when we talked to Seneca, I I said, you know, when you start off a house of fire at the beginning of your year, the Florida State game, and, you know, go to Iowa and have the big comeback and all that kind of stuff, and then we ran out of gas in the season, I said... You think the difference between now and then is depth, because we didn't have much depth back then, and guys got beat up, and then by the end of the season, we're running on one leg. I mean, and so I and I so that's what I think is a huge difference, like you said, between the past and now is that you know if some guy goes down, you break your foot twice or whatever. I mean, we've got a guy that's going to come in, like um, who's the kid from Chicago that came in and played nose guard. Never heard of him, and then he comes in and plays really well when uh, um, Lima goes down.
0: Uh, Remsburg? No,
1: that, that's a offensive an offensive lineman. Tackle. Simmons? No, the, the defensive, so defensive lineman. Oh, defensive lineman. Lee, Isaiah Lee? Isaiah, Isaiah yeah. Lee, yeah. yeah. He like, came in and played really
0: well when we Lima was hurt. Or West whatever. Virginia, Lima had a concussion, and then like I saw that right before the kickoff. I'm like, because like, I'm so old. So I'm like, <laughs> it, there's no way. They're going to get 11 yards of carry, and it's going to be one of those nights, and then he just – it was back on like the red shirt thing. You get, you still a redshirt freshman. So I was like, man, that's this is different. Yeah,
2: and that's you know you go back to when we started this journey when we were one win. The reason I played D tackle that year. Remember, I started as a middle linebacker that year. By the end of the year, mm-hmm. I was playing defensive tackle because I was one of the best eleven defensive players in the football team. Mm-hmm. I wasn't one, of the, you know what I mean? Like I, I was the starting middle linebacker and the backup defensive tackle. Right, like you think about where that program was at that time. Yeah. You know didn't
1: I mean? you have to put on like 75 pounds to play D-line?
2: Then we did, yeah. So I weighed probably – I played at Nebraska my freshman year at 245 pounds oh, against America. five All-American linemen or felt like five All-American – I mean, I know they were. They were great at the time. And and I got – I came back to the huddle. So first play that I'm on the field, we – they run their rear option at us. I wake up 10 yards down the field <laughs> – and I all remember, as I can see out the side of, my, uh, out of the, on my helmet, my shoulder pads were the string between the shoulder pads. That's completely broke. We wore knee braces at the time. Both of them are around my ankle. Oh, my gosh. And that was the first place in the game. Like, that's what we were then. That's what you wonder why we weren't winning. Well, I was the I was D tackle 10 yards down the field. <laughs> I weighed 245 pounds. I was a starting middle linebacker a couple. That's like Mike Rose. Right. When Iowa comes in on, hey, Mike, you're going to play tackle this week. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's where the program was. And that's what was amazing. Think what Coach Mack was able to do. Go from that to like, if I'm the, that was a bad option, and think that coming to where it went to to nine and three, and then the next year, and then the next year, and then the next year of bull wins. You know, that's what's cool. What Campbell has been able to do is another level now. Like it's like I am telling you, the backups that you see, if one goes down, I mean, uh, Peterson out of Eastern Iowa, uh, number fifty five. the cool. Defensive end, he's not even starting. Right Zach now. Peterson, yeah. Zach Peterson. Yeah,
0: yeah he, he's been a stud for a couple of years now.
2: Not even starting, yeah. He, isn't he like special teams?
0: No, yeah, he just
2: awesome and special teams. I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: Will McDonald and him are on special teams. I'm like, it, those it, dudes are on special teams. If this guy, they're it, fa- two, that fast, yeah,
2: these two guys walk in this room right now, you go, You're not starting, yeah. <laughs> what you know, and now Will's gonna start and have a special year, I believe. I think you know, people around the nation will know Will by the yeah. end of the year, but how is Zach Peterson, yeah. Any, but that's where we're at. That is the level of play being played at Iowa State. But guess what? Those three feet uh, front defensive linemen, they know Zach's behind them, and they know how hard Zach works. And that is what ma- that is the guy that makes us go to another level. We we're good because of our good players. We won't. We're we'll, if we're going to be greater because of guys like Zach and Jarrell
1: Brock. Would you put him in the same category? I mean, he, he's a stud too. I he mean, is a stud, I and he is. Plays, a couple plays, he's a great blocker on pass on pass downs.
0: And like Dylan Saner with the tight ends, Chase Allen, and just the amount of receivers we have, and cornerbacks. Like, cornerbacks used to get toasted every – but now we just throw guys out there. Because, like, whenever a DB got dinged up and they threw out a guy, I'm like, oh, no, there's a 70-yard touchdown, but nope. Yeah. Like, Anthony Johnson back when he was a freshman, he was a stud and who's still a stud. And Detrone Young's kind of – he was throwing the wolves, but he's gotten a lot better too. And yeah, just it's weird trusting a coach like oh he got like all these like recruits that are not like the stars, but like like David was a two star, so like you got to throw that out because Campbell knows exactly what he's doing.
2: He offers before other people, and he does it early because he watches film. Yeah, and he does it off of film. He's so confident and comfortable in what he's doing, and I think that uh, you know how that. I mean, Derek Hoogier is the recruiting director. I don't know how what his exact title is, but Derek Hoogier's done an amazing job putting these classes together. He's the one kind of directing traffic. Mm-hmm. Nate Sh- Shalehassen. Shalehouse. Yeah. Shalehouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that guy can recruit. That's what everybody says. I mean. <laughs> so what he, they've been able to do to put this these kind of classes together are, is unbelievable in what they're bringing in because these players are coming in ready to play. You talk about Anthony Johnson. That guy is the – in my opinion, the most underrated football player in the Big 12. And the reason a lot of Cyclone fans, if they don't know about him, it's, you know why they don't know about him? Because they don't throw at him. Yeah. Go go ahead, throw at him. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he's covering some of the best receivers in the Big 12 and in the nation, yeah. and you don't hear his name called a lot. You know why? Because they don't want to go that way. You know. And then you got a guy that people will know about eventually is TJ Tampa. Uh, he's a defensive back or a corner coming Pe- out of people Tampa. on
0: Twitter know he is because yeah. like, when he was in high school, is just slamming dunks. He was, he was like he was good like obviously the prom era faded out, but like looking at his highlights and like his athleticism is like I've never like for basketball like we haven't seen that since Rashawn Clark, and now he's being a DB at Iowa State, and that dude will be special. I think you will. That, so
2: I, I ran into him at the Camping World, but he's a high school player still. Oh, yeah and we, we they happened to be in the same parking lot and I recognized him cuz at the time he had just committed and, and I had a conversation with he and his dad and that two awesome people mm-hmm. right that's what Campbell looks for too you have to be if you're on the if you're in that locker room you're a great person you can pretty much count that right that you can't be in there and be a slug or someone that's going to be a culture breaker or someone that the, the, the players don't want to be around or coaches don't want to be around cuz they don't let that happen no. TJ Tampa is a great person He's a good individual. He comes from a good family. Meeting his dad, great person. But again, TJ, he's learning from Anthony Johnson right now. Mm-hmm. And so when Anthony's gone next year, and I can't wait till that guy can tell his story. At the, which his personal story is an amazing story. But TJ will be the guy behind him. Mm-hmm. And if something does, you know, God forbid, it's, we're playing football. People get mm-hmm, hurt. Right. You got a guy back there that can step in right now and play good football. Yeah. Right, I. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry about that. It's
1: bad so, to do on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can cut it you can do whatever you want. That's to. right. <laughs>
0: that's why, he's, that why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and just like the character thing is such a huge thing. Like Campbell's first class is so much different from this, this class because like we had a kind they're more of a reach of players that like with personality that didn't fit, but those are gone. He can be so picky and yeah, I don't even know what I'm saying, but. Yeah, it's, well, it's. It's hard not to get excited listening to you
1: talk about them because we yeah. know that you've got the inside track on most of the stuff and way I have them into practice and um, and you know we on the names that you're throwing out that we know are just purely from Twitter rumors and everything else. But tell oh. them talk about a little bit about you know and maybe I don't know what you can talk about, but your mentor role with these kids. I mean, you know, what do you what is that like? I mean, that's when you say. Talking about a story that you hope comes out someday about a kid personally, you know, what are you doing with that or help guiding these kids?
2: So the, the day that I knew Coach Campbell um, was going to be a great coach is when I went to their team meeting room when I got a call one day, said, hey, uh, Coach Campbell wants to bring about 15 to 20 guys back, you know, from, from earlier years, you know, and, and from all different kinds of backgrounds. I'm in the financial services industry. Um, there's people from – the law enforcement industry. There's there's individuals from the engineering industry, and what his one of the first things that he wanted to put into place was I want my athletes and all my players mentored. So when they aren't able to play in the NFL or if they can't transition to the program uh, to pro game, how do I transition to life? And we had a meeting in their team meeting room, and his pyramid. He has a pyramid up on the team meeting uh, room that talks about what their foundational structures are. It has nothing to do with. Don't giving up big plays or you know you know 300 yards passing a game or it had everything to do with say thank you, say please, be a great person. And when he brought us in at the time, they weren't they they were still building something. People were intrigued by Coach Campbell, but they haven't started winning. He understood what it was going to take to win and develop people. What he did then to bring in these players to help develop them personally, like bringing myself back and a lot of other players that played in the past is now getting recruits to come in in 2022 because Coach Campbell cares about his players more than anyone, probably probably in college football. I don't know how someone can care more than about a player than Coach Campbell and the love that he has for them. But at the same time, I don't know of a coach that has more love for him than the players have for him as well because they understand that. It goes both ways. Hmm. And so he built this literally to give the players an avenue to talk about their career after football so for example jd wagner was one of the ones i was able to to get to know uh he's a hoot he's been in humboldt iowa obviously before and and uh i still talk to jd we text and talk and he's become a good friend of mine and, Mm -hmm. and he's a hoot but and we had an amazing conversation with jd wagner his dad and myself on a on a on a call after jd graduated what he wanted to do with life and it was like a deep conversation and that all went back to coach Campbell hooking us up we didn't talk about hey talk tell me about the game this week tell me about hey you know why are you not playing more you should do this or you why are you guys doing that it was all about hey what do you want to do when you're done what does five years look like from now what's 20 years what do you want what do you see yourself doing how do you self see yourself living where do you want to live what does your career look like and that was my job and so He's doing great. He's down in Texas now. He gets to work with his dad and be around his family, and I get to follow him on Twitter, and it's amazing, uh, you know, on Snapchats to see what he, he's up to. Yeah. But Steve Hortel is another one who's a long snapper for the Rams. Yeah. Um, was another mm-hmm. one. Amici Walker, who's out east. Uh, he's a teacher uh, that lives out east. Um, Joel Lanning. I had a chance to work with a little bit with Joel Lanning and possibly we'll work with him in the future as well. So you create these relationships with these players way above and beyond. And that's what Coach Campbell wants. He, he wants his players developed into, into men, not into football players alone. And so he understands if you're healthy at home, you can be healthy at sure. the field. If you're unhealthy at home, you cannot be healthy at the field. And that goes for life. If you're not healthy at home, it's really hard to be healthy at the office. And it's hard to be, if you're healthy at home, pretty good at the office usually. They, they go hand in hand and Coach Campbell really understands that. So I, I, I know a lot of in my business world that you know a lot of things went
1: remote in the last 18 months and and everybody I deal with is sick of Zooms and I, I know some corporations are saying well we don't think we're gonna have an office anymore because it's easier to do remote and some people like it better and they like know having a tie on while sitting in their underwear and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and so but I've always said how do you build a culture of a company when nobody gets to know anybody personally because all it's all via zoom or whatever how did Campbell keep everybody together during the crazy time of shutdowns and having to do workouts in a garage or whatever they
2: were doing around town I
1: mean how was that you know how did they Mm -hmm. handle that do you know
2: I don't know the specifics of it. I don't. I don't think that was. I don't. I've never really asked. That's a great question. I don't know the answer to. What I do know, he did an amazing job. You just yeah. Right. Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Right. You just and you just beat Oklahoma and you go, and you, you know, debatable. You go, You get that thing plays another three minutes out in the Big Twelve Championship. You're Big Twelve champions. Like yeah. it's. Whatever he did, he found a way to have success in, in during adversity. So, yeah. I, I don't know the suspe- specifics of what he did. Other than I know this, he, he's built a culture where, where the players hold themselves accountable for each other. And I think when we won nine games, we did the same thing. No coach had to yell at anybody at a player for being lazy. No coach had to yell at a player for, to go to class. No, place, no, no coach had to yell at, a, at, a, at another player for not being where they need to be or lining up it properly on defense. Every once in a while, they'd yell at you, obviously, because they have to. It's their job. But you didn't want to let the guy next to you down. Sure, And that's where the program's at right now at the highest level. They, they showed up and did what was necessary at home because they knew that, you know, that Brees was doing what he needed to where he was at and, and Brock was doing what he needed to where he was at, right? And so, and those are the big names. But the, the, what the hard part is, how do you get 100 guys to do how that?
1: How do you get the second and third string guys to do that too? Yeah. And I they mean, do. Right. Because of the culture. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... that's I it. had to be hard. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, the... With the facilities that we have. And I've heard stories about them, you know, because we had a new strength coach come in about the same time. This was was their first year. And so um, just getting – just from hearing what Trevor Ryan has said about, you know, different – how they did workouts and everything. And and that's the logistics of it. But then how do you still keep people caring about, you know, each other when you can't be physically around them? You know, and I'm sure they got around each other more than they'll ever tell anybody. But um, because I think it's – I've seen it in – schools that I deal with or work or everything that it's just when people get together now, you know, mm-hmm. you can see that that is something you, that's irreplaceable. It is. That's what the, that's what the whole tailgate thing, I think is going to be like too.
2: Yeah. And, and that's, so Mark Coberly is, is the head trainer for Iowa state. Been there forever. He has yeah. been, he was there when I was there. That guy, I, he did get a lot of accolades last year and he should, he's an, he's always been an amazing a trainer. He, he cares about the athletes he understands when to push them because there's a difference between injured and hurt, you know, yeah, and, he, right. and he's really good about understanding both. Um, and I, I think Mark Coberly was a big part of making that a successful year as well. There's, it took everybody, right? And, and Mark Coberly was a big part. Campbell's a big part. Uh, the strength and conditioning program was a big part because, you know, right. how do I how lead these yeah. people, right? Yeah. So just culture will beat strategy every day. And I will tell you what got him through last year probably more than anything else was their culture. Because I think every school probably had a strategy to lift weights or to run on their own, but the culture was what holds people accountable to having success sure. and to actually executing what the plan is.
0: Yeah, I think we were the only school that game didn't get canceled or altered because of COVID. And I mean, they, there's two teams, but I think there's no. We were always available when it came time to, and I don't think that was a mistake at all.
2: No, no, they they. You know how hard it is to lock yourself down as a college kid as a 21 year old, especially
0: like, when you, you're just a stud like. Purdy and Brees Hall. You know, Brees Hall's like on Heisman watches, and then he just has to go. in Brees Hall and Micros, and they all have the room together. I think guess that probably helps when they all have to do it together. But yeah, that, that I could not imagine being Heisman and the attention you're probably getting from other people. And man, that'd be well. I extra, mean, I, extra hard. It threat. made
1: the it made the coach's job harder, obviously. And I think the name engine And you know, I told when we interviewed a couple other guys, I've said the name image and likeness thing has made the coach's job harder, too, because now you're managing another piece of their life that could go south if it's not taken care of, in my opinion. I mean, I, you know, I think – what do you think about this whole thing? Do you think that there's – I know there's going to be some bumps
2: in the road, but I think it could be
1: a mess, you know, if somebody doesn't get a handle on it.
2: It needs – well, I think there's going to be departments in these universities running it in the future. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have law departments having to – like, yeah. you know, like, like any of us else in corporate America, you have to – You can't just you know, type an email or a, a form letter and send it out to the world because you need it approved, you know, and, and so there's going to have to be attorneys that are going to have to be a part of this at some point. I think there's going to be a department in every university that's going to run this and help uh, the, the athletes, you know, mm-hmm. brand themselves, not, not to restrain them, but actually to help them sure. do it. But at the same time, you can, you can ruin your brand really quick too. Sure. You know, no one's yeah. talked about that. There's going to be athletes that are going to ruin their brand through this. Um, it, it may help in some situations, but there's going to be uh, opportunities where where kids will do something a 19 year old would do, and it ruins their brand, and it's going to cost a 19 year old millions of dollars. Yeah. And which I think is and, and
1: companies go through the same thing though. If a company wants to sign on with X player to represent their company, they have to vet them pretty hard because if they all of a sudden do something that is all over social media, or whatever. Now their investment has gone away. So it's, it's, a, you, could, you could equate it to that condo collapsing in Miami. You put a lot of money into a million and a half dollar condo and tomorrow it's worth zero because it's laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you invest a lot of money in a kid and then he does kid things yeah. that aren't very smart. Now your investment's out the window.
2: I love it. Corporate America now gets to feel what it's like to be a head football coach, right? (laughs) Right? A head football coach, you your livelihood and success is dependent on an 18 to a 21 year old, yeah, right. And And now reading an 18 year old is pretty pretty easy, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen. I I think that there's going to be success behind this. I I I I believe that we don't want to hold kids back if if someone's willing to invest in you. I don't think someone should be able to hold that back. That That is right. No, I agree. Yeah. Because they've been in the gym. They've been developing as an athlete. They've invested in themselves. It may not have been monetarily or probably was, but they've invested the blood, sweat, and tears. Why can, you know, we are where we are. And I think that while it was uncomfortable for me to say this, the more I've thought about it, why should a, so someone, because that they, are here they can't get paid if you're at a, if you're at a corporation they said uh you know because you're 18 we're not going to pay you but we'll pay you when you're 22. that doesn't make sense no it doesn't
1: i've always thought it was bs too i mean
2: yeah, it is and so as long as they can the NCAA can keep their hands around it without squeezing it too tight and then the universities are going to have to invest in it de- literally going to have to invest in a department um, like almost like an agent basically or something with a legal department that's going to help them manage this because business deals can go bad too, you know, and that can ruin a kid's football career mm-hmm. and that can go the, the, right, the wrong path as well. So Absolutely. we see it in the NFL and yeah. the NBA. It can also happen to kids that are, you know, leaving high school yearly
0: and going to take this money. Right. Well, like well, just looking at the NCAA, like if they had like a leader, like Jamie Pollard, or Matt Campbell, where they actually thought about 20 years ahead, like the transfer portal now thing, the name, and likeness just dropped down a doorstep with no planning. I don't think it's like, yeah, just like it's gonna be a chaos, and I hope like we'll have like mentorships, like you like talking to players. I think that would be a huge part of like seeing like know, ten years from now, like how like you could show like you were talking to players like about business and like actually how to like run it and like the taxes and all that. Yeah, it's I think gonna,
1: that that's the thing. That's the that's the the wild card in this is I think the IRS is gonna have something to say about this because if you know they're gonna have that money. The IRS is going to probably start keeping track of. So now, if you're going to take that that money and you say that's taxable, what are you going to say about scholarships or any other benefit? Now, you, if you turn them into employees, now you're talking about workman's comp. You can fire an employee. So that's the part that I hope somebody has thought out somewhere because, you know, if you give a kid a million dollars, and all of a sudden now two years from now they haven't paid any taxes on it. You don't, want to, they, you don't want them going Wesley Snipes and, you know, be in jail for tax
2: evasion or something because
1: somebody led them down the wrong path.
2: Right. And it's going to happen. Yeah. Right? We know that like it's uh, more money, more problems. And it's, <laughs> it's one of those kind of situations is the university has to be smart about what are they doing for that? You can't ignore that this changed. If anything, you should invest in it. Like, and I think that's change is makes everyone uncomfortable. You're you, instead of worrying the change happened, Move past it. How are you going to invest in it to grow with it? Because you have to. It's, you right. can't change what's in the mm-hmm. past. And so that's what's, you know, I, I think Iowa State will be in a good place. We have the right leadership there. I'm not worried about it. But there is going to be kids that will ruin their football career or they'll ruin their advertising career on something they do off the field. And, and uh, it's, un, it's unfortunate to watch a 19-year-old that's worth millions of dollars do that. It'll be uncomfortable. And, and just it'll be, you know, with Twitter. And you can't go – to a bar and do something dumb or have mm-hmm. a drink when you're 20 and not 21. And someone's going to have you on that. Yeah. And then you got to have that sponsor, that car dealership saying, well, I don't know, are we going to sponsor a kid that's underage drinking? I can't, you see what I'm saying? Right. So there's, there's going to be scenarios and situations that, that across this nation schools are gonna have to address as they go yeah. through this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so much change. Like, I mean, it started, I think it was in April when they said, Oh, the college football video games <laughs> come back. I'm like, go and then just from now to then to now just like Oklahoma Texas leaving the players can get paid now and the tra- players can just transfer like they don't have to sit out like man yeah it's just a ton of change and as an Iowa State fan I'm all over the place every day <laughs> I just need football season to start because like as soon as Brees Halls scores his first touchdown like all this kind of quiet
2: the world will be good again yeah so think of change right like the, there's people that when these came out that was change right oh yeah it scared the heck out of people mm-hmm. still does
1: right? it still scares <laughs> my people, generation right? it still does yeah. yeah
2: but are they in a better place because of this or in a worse place right are we further ahead because of Well, I don't, that's debatable right <laughs> right yeah but we are now comfortable with it and we're in a different place mm-hmm. change change is going to happen don't fight what ch- change is going to happen understand that we have the right people in there to to direct us and where we're going to go and we will be in a better place just no different it's a good it's a good comparison as you know i mean that thing made parenting harder
1: it did it made being a teenager harder Mm -hmm. i mean but there's also parts of it that's made it easier
2: too so it's managing it just like anything else yeah exactly and so i think people are horns down and and, oh you know let's push OU into the ground but it's it's that change happened look that got announced let's go where are we where are we going? Okay, well, guess what? Trust Jamie Pollard. When you played at Lubbock, maybe I've yes. told you the story. I've told you a story before,
1: haven't I? I
0: don't. When
1: you played at Lu- when you played at Lubbock. You're, I believe it was your senior. Year. No, it was 1999. Mm-hmm. Buddy of mine, another Iowa State, huge Iowa State fan. I call him. We were living in New Mexico. That's where he was born. I said, Hey, why don't you come down? We'll drive over to Lubbock and watch Iowa State play. And so he said, Sure. So we drive all the way across New Mexico, go into Lubbock, pull in the parking lot. There's one Iowa State flag. And it's an RV. because he hey, are those are the guys that I tailgate next to. We walk up to it, and it's your mom and dad and your grandma grandpa and the whole Harclaw clan there. And then I started talking to them because I knew a lot of them too. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of history in, in all of these and a lot of money behind them, a lot of the events too. But. They
2: are. It's, it's, it's yeah. awesome, though. Like, you, I come in here and smile. You know, I'm a cyclone. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, so you come see this, and it's like all the great memories of, of, where we're at, right. and it's it's pretty cool room.
1: So tell us a little bit and your new job, yeah. you know, to the sideline reporter. Tell tell us a little bit how that came about and what your role is going to be on uh, game days.
2: So my role, in my opinion, is to tell the, the 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 player story, right? Like as much as I possibly can, paint the picture where they're at, um, and tell the fan base this is how we're here. Here's where we're at. But I, I think it's important for the I think it's important for our fan base to understand this team. And I think it's understand these players because these players are special, and I want to tell their story as much as possible. So if I when I'm on the pregame show with Learfield or when I'm doing the, you know, sideline reporting or the interview with Coach Campbell at halftime, I want to paint it around this and and really talk about these players and tell their story, you know, and represent them the best that I possibly can. I've stood in, in their shoes. I've walked through a lot of the hall. Well, the hallways were knocked down that I used to walk through, but <laughs> I've uh, been a part of something that that they are a part of it as well. It's like, it's that fraternity. Now they're years ahead of where we were, at, you know, literally and figuratively, but they are years ahead of where we were at that time. And I wanna do whatever I can to tell the story, how they got here so the fan base understands what they've done for our enjoyment. Right. It's now they're gonna remember it the rest of their life, but you gotta understand, it's for our enjoyment. Like we get to walk in there on a Saturday with a smile on our face with our kids and you have memories the rest of your life because the work and sweat and the tears that they put in on that january day where we didn't even know that they were working you know and i think in my role that is my job to okay. talk about that that process of getting to where they're at it's easy to say oh that yeah they're they, they won x amount of games this year i think the fan needs to understand what it takes to win x amount of games and like we talked about
0: earlier in this podcast is winning what does it take sure. to win
1: winning in the dark isn't that what he you started off saying i mean that i can't that's remember that part yeah. Of it. yeah and
0: like what i just thought of uh, the fan interaction thing like these these du- players that are really good players, but they're probably really good dudes too that can actually meet these little kids and like I take autographs. Like, that's been missing the last couple, like a year, which that's, like, for fans, like, those little interactions when you're little, like, you're a, a Cyclone fan for life. Absolutely. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see. I, yeah, and I at. can
2: tell you that the players that are in that locker room right now, t- like, they, you, there's not a player in there that you wouldn't want your kid around. Hmm. There's not that's a player so in well, there you wouldn't want to be around. Yeah right and that's the cool thing about that culture that, those players want to be around each other but there's it, it's not like oh yeah but there's uh, this you know knock on wood but you don't hear the noise of problems in there mm-hmm. because of the people that are in there sure it's a great locker room right now so it's you're right it's i can't wait for these fans to get out and appreciate these players live again but also you know the just to thank them for what they've done, and yeah. thank them for coming back to, mm-hmm. to provide us entertainment based right. on Saturdays, yeah. like which have... is
1: what it is. I mean, that we still have to remember that. I yeah. mean, it's it, they're, they're it is still entertainment, and they're in some cases they're you know you know way football is. I mean, I've got a pin in my shoulder for playing high school football, and you've had a broken foot a couple of times, or probably when it, you can tell when it rains and the whole nine yards. Now, I mean, there is some risk that goes along with playing this sport that everybody that is a huge money maker for every university, right? Like.
0: We've, like, the, we won the Fiesta Bowl. we got to remember that, right? We, imagine, like, the, okay, imagine Fiesta Bowl there with our fans there, obviously, but, like, them coming back, like, if we had, like, a party, like, them bringing the trophy back, which we didn't get to have. Yeah. Like, there's, like, so much going into the CUNI game that's, I mean, it's 30 days away. Keep counting down. And
1: I mean, Todd Blythe said it best. He goes, we need to go in and look like the team that we all know that we are out of the gates yeah. because we've had too many years where <laughs> – the first game is always a struggle or, mm-hmm. you know, we're still trying to put things together. Last year, obviously, COVID had a lot to do with it. So, if we go out and, you know, come out and look like we know that we can look like, then then the the momentum train is going to be
0: moving a lot further down the tracks. Yep. And then the hate Hype week train. after that, yep. the Iowa game after yep. that week, oh, man. So, do you get to
1: travel with the team? you fly in the plane and the whole bit? You go in road games, the whole nine yards, whole right? thing, yep. Yeah. So, every
2: home, away game, everything well, else would do a couple of the coaches show on Monday nights with Coach Campbell. Oh, really? Oh, yep. Very good. Yep. Wow, so it'll, be, cool. it'll be an amazing – I am I am blessed to have this opportunity yeah. to be around the program. And like I have said earlier as well, Coach Campbell makes everyone better. The closer you get to him, the better you get. Sure. Like, I'm selfishly getting – I'm getting way more out of this than anyone else is because I get to listen to his speeches. I get to hear the pregame. I get to see how he prepares, how he – and it allows me to take that into the, my business world. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. like I said, I – Coach Campbell is probably, I, don't, I mean, think of the impact he's had on the economy in Iowa, just being a leader in Iowa. Right. You know, because you learn from the people that you're around and mm-hmm. listen to. And that person, having him be in our ears and dropping the liners that you hear, you know, fall in love with the process, the process will love you back, mm-hmm. right? And that, <laughs> yeah. and so that stuff changes you as a person and having things like him teach you how to lead and how to live life is making all of us better.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, ben Browns was... Like my childhood, Ben Runs was so knowledgeable, and it's just very fitting. Like, I get to meet you now, and you are perfect, perfect fit for that because you grew up cycling, played at Iowa State. You're very knowledgeable, obviously. Yeah, we're going to miss you because you yeah. have
1: been our color commentator for. You're not going to do humble games, I'm assuming. No, no yeah, more I mean, humble games. Yeah, I mean, and you did a phenomenal job of that. My son's going to be a junior this year, and I was really looking forward to that again because with COVID, you know, everybody was watching him on on uh, YouTube TV or whatever or the YouTube streaming. And that yeah. was what kept my 87 year old mom entertained last winter. And, and so, you know, we're hoping that the, that can continue, but Iowa state's getting a good one because uh, we've seen you in action with the Humboldt games. And,
2: um, I'm sure you, I'm a little jealous of you, cause it's going to be a lot of fun for you <laughs> yeah. too. I mean, everybody should be jealous <laughs> of me. I got the greatest <laughs> job. I don't have the pressure of John and Eric of talking the whole time, but I uh, get to experience a lot of the things that are going to happen and, and be around. And, um, it's, I don't know. As a Cyclone fan, smile. Don't be scared. Sure, right? smile. You know, it's you. You can smile. I mean, I, I, I all this distraction of the conference talk. Smile. We got the right people in the right chairs. You got the right leadership. Smile your way through it. Right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be change, and guess what? There's going to be change ten years from now. And guess what? We're going to have a different quarterback someday. Sure. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah Believe yeah. it or not, yeah, we're going to have a different 30s. running back. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, David Montgomery's gone." We can't. Right. How do we wake up today? Smile. You got soft. the right guy leading this. Co- yeah. You have the right guy leading the program. We have the right guy leading our 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 university uh, with with the athletic department with Jamie. And you you have a reason to smile. Don't be nervous. Like I, I think it's like, oh my gosh, they are going to ruin the season because now this distract. No, we've got the right leadership in the athletic department. We have the right leadership in that football locker room. Mm-hmm. You have a reason to smile.
0: Enjoy it. That's well put.
2: Yeah, very well. Put. That's
0: a great way to end it. And we really appreciate you coming on. And uh, go Cyclones.
2: Thanks for coming, Ryan. Absolutely, go Cyclones. You
0: bet.